it's just you and me again. I've caught and named every jellyfish in this field at least once. Except you, no name. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Today's episode is Jellyfish Hunter. It is the first half of the 39th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, first premiering on September 28th, 2001, and was written by Walt Dorn, Paul Tibbet, and Mark O'Hare. Uh, this episode is interesting in a lot of ways because we get to actually see a little bit more about SpongeBob and his hobby, something that has just kind of been relegated to certain, you know, other plot points in episodes. And we don't really like get to see SpongeBob as the hobbyist very often. We see him jellyfish, but it's different from understanding why he jellyfishes or even his methodology of what, you know, like what is he doing while he's jellyfishing, his process. It's nice to see that, you know, he names every jellyfish he catches. It's nice to see him have a goal that he's not only caught in every jellyfish in this field once, but not only twice over, and that he's still hunting for this one elusive blue jellyfish. That's right. We, uh, we, we have this blue jellyfish make his debut in this episode, this jellyfish that was known as No Name. It was the one jellyfish that SpongeBob has just been unable to catch, and this jellyfish, for some reason, seems to be at a different intelligence level than every other jellyfish. Not only is it rare in color, but it's just rare in attitude and intelligence. It is a special jellyfish that... Um, has got a bit of sass with SpongeBob, and, and I think they have a little playful rivalry. I think, I think No Name, you know, wants to kind of be caught. I think he likes the challenge that SpongeBob brings, and I think he respects that. And at the same time, I think SpongeBob respects that as too. Simply put, that even after he misses No Name yet again, and he's just swimming away, SpongeBob has got a massive grin on his face and even says to himself one of these days I'm gonna catch old no name like it's 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 a nice goal to see like he doesn't get upset with himself he doesn't pout or or be angry or mad he's he's just stoked like he had another opportunity to catch him and just knows if I keep cracking at it I will eventually catch this jellyfish now, although jellyfishing um, is important to this beginning part of the episode, and it is, of course, central to the plot, it's not any bit of, of what we're following in SpongeBob's day-to-day -day life. Pretty much after this, this sequence, we follow SpongeBob onto his day at work, and eventually we get to see SpongeBob on his break. We, we don't really get to see this um, really ever, and so this is kind of a rare moment. Uh, and, and just note that it is also only a five-minute break, which is probably barely a smoke break for most people. Uh, SpongeBob does something here. You know, we, we don't get to see him on break very often, but we've never seen him do this. Uh, he has not only cooked himself a Krabby Patty, but he brought with himself some jellyfish jelly that he adds onto the Krabby Patty, and apparently it is absolutely delicious because not only does spongebob find it so delicious we hear the way he's eating the krabby patty we can tell as the audience that there's just that jelly is just something else on top of the fact that the krabby patty is apparently already an addicting burger uh, a customer looks over and sees spongebob really enjoying 
this burger and and asks SpongeBob, you know, what what is on the burger? To which he replies, "Jellyfish jelly." Uh, after the customer tries this burger, we we get the the classic song and dance of of hail you people. You have to try this wonderful sandwich of jellyfish jelly on a Krabby Patty. Um, the entire restaurant gets to now try this concoction, which is apparently a massive hit. And it reminded me of the time in the Good Burger movie when when Ed's sauce was was kind of unleashed onto the world and just became this this massive deal. You know, the Good Burger was already a good burger, and then the sauce was just apparently something else that just added something on top of that that made it such a big deal. And here we have the same effect where everybody is enjoying jellyfish jelly on their Krabby Patties. Mr. Krabs, at first is bothered by this about tampering with the recipe. Now, to me, like the recipe would be the, whatever the, the meat is or or anything else. Like I, I don't think the, you know, Krabby Patty, because then you're you're doing a Krabby Patty with cheese. Hey, you're adding cheese on top of it. Well, then why can't you just add jellyfish jelly? He concedes when he sees obviously how much people love it and that they're going to give him a lot of money. Uh, Mr. Krabs immediately turns this into an opportunity in which he enlists SpongeBob's help in catching more jellyfish for him so that we can make more jelly, so that we can add jelly onto the, the Krusty Krab menu and then supply the demand of the customers. SpongeBob goes on a jelly fishing spree. We get these uh, this montage of Mr. Krabs constantly asking for more jellyfish. We of course get the one of these still shots, the uh, the more crabs as he's known online, the uh, very famous internet meme of just the really gross looking Mr. Krabs. If you if you kind of still shot it during there. Um, now, in the beginning of this episode, when we see the jellyfish field sign, we are told that there is roughly a population of four million jellyfish in this field. By the time this sequence is over of SpongeBob catching jellyfish, we now look at the sign and see that it has been written with a big old fat zero. So as us, the audience, we're supposed to be, to be told that SpongeBob has caught around four million jellyfish in whatever amount of time it's been since jelly was introduced on the menu at the Krusty Krab. Now, it's very weird that SpongeBob forgot about No Name since he is a pretty significant part of SpongeBob's jellyfishing life and in that desire to capture him, you would think he would know, hey, there's at least one jellyfish I haven't captured out there, but he seems to forget. Uh, we get this funny joke about him being followed by No Name uh, very late at night when SpongeBob discovers, hey, there must be no more jellyfish. I'm going to go home. Um, he feels like he's being followed and stops. And when you, th you really don't know what he's going to yell, but he goes, it feels like someone is trying to sell me something. And there's this pause of nothing. SpongeBob goes, I must have been wrong, continues on. But when we were shown behind a rock that there was actually two salesmen that were on top of him, possibly trying to sell him what they were trying to sell late at night. I it's beyond me. I don't understand some of the undersea world. It works a lot different than things on land. But um, any potential businessmen out there stalking someone at night, um, even if your product is a home run. Probably not a good look. You're, you're, you're going to get a lot of no's if you start asking people uh, late at night, walking up with them with a briefcase. It's, it's just it's not a good look. Don't do it. We eventually uh, get SpongeBob home. And, and what follows is 
reminiscent of a few scary movies that I've seen. I mean, things kind of like scream movies, like when a stranger calls, um, you know, somebody picking up the phone and just hearing heavy breathing and then the lights are cut. Somebody is after SpongeBob. And it is, of course, old No Name. Uh, No Name is able to capture SpongeBob himself and brings him off to a uh, a new factory in town. SpongeBob even says as such that like th- this doesn't look familiar. I've never seen this before. What is this place basically? Um, what is inside is one of it's it's really tough to say. Now there have been some very disturbing SpongeBob moments um, throughout the show's run. I think a lot of those moments come from design, you know, the the way design elements are handled. Thinking of episodes like The Splinter or the the episode where SpongeBob and Patrick have their faces freeze. Uh, Things like that, just like for for something to purposely look disgusting, I think those are, are low points. But in terms of content, I feel like this is one of the most disturbing moments of SpongeBob history. This... It is literally a factory designed to get as much of the jelly out of jellyfish to the point that it seems like when there's no more jelly, these jellyfish are kind of thrown away. I don't know if that means that those jellyfish are just kind of gone or if they have to refill or what goes on with them, if they're okay, but... um, it is certainly not a good look, and especially when it comes to reveal the obvious that Mr. Krabs is behind this whole factory. Now, the the one part of this that, to me, is just redeeming in a sense of just not being like completely disgusted is the fact that Mr. Krabs is so cheap that He's not willing to pl- to pay for the electricity of of having a factory and having this kind of money come in. You know, like he's willing to pedal a exercise bike to power the entire factory because he just does not want to pay a single cent of having it run. That is a funny idea. Like that idea is absolutely hilarious. But this is a low point for Mr. Krabs. This is a very disgusting moment. Um. Nothing that, like, ruins the character. I'm not talking about, like, canceling the character of anything. But, you know, when you when you look alongside a character's journey, and, and here we have a character that, although he is beloved, his, his number one trait is a very negative trait, being greedy. Being greedy, you know, is not really a positive thing. I'm not saying that you, you have to be the opposite of just throwing away uh, money and wealth, but it's okay to strive for success. But when you're pinching pennies to the point that it is, um, hurting others and, and, you know, not paying just dues. I mean, Squidward and SpongeBob are very underpaid. Now it is their own fault to remain at their jobs. Honestly, you know, people run with that narrative. I don't know what the, uh, money laws are concerned for underwater. It seems like there, there aren't none. Uh, Mr. Krabs' wages that he gives them fluctuates from season to season, and and from the times we have heard about it, it is certainly not anything I would constitute as legal. But once again, who knows how they run things underwater? Uh, bottom line is, uh, this is just a, a very poor look on Mr. Krabs, and I think even though by the end he gets his comeuppance and and decides that he doesn't want to even have jelly on the menu anymore, I, I think the fact that he got to this point is a little rough, but I don't think it's anything to like 
sour on Mr. Krabs over. It, it's a moment where he did something really in, in poor thought. And you know what? To his credit, he never tried it again. Um, he got in. He got out of it just as quickly as he got into it. And thankfully, uh, all the jellyfish were were rescued because of SpongeBob and the efforts of No Name, uh, who of which was was so gracious of SpongeBob's help that he allowed SpongeBob to catch him. And then he uh, received his official name of friend, and they share a, a nice little handshake there to end the episode. It's a, it's a nice little end of this episode, and it is certainly an episode that carries a lot of messages to it. There's They're putting that thought of, of when business and just capitalism goes off the rails to, to kids, and I think that is an important thing to talk about. I mean, um, especially when kids are young, we're, we're explaining a lot of just society and how things work, and I think if we're going to explain the idea of business and success and earning money, we should always show the negatives alongside of that, including the bad things that can go wrong, and also the the people who take that level of, of success to an extreme that, like I said, once it becomes a negative to another person just for the benefit of extra money, then it's not really successful in my opinion anymore. Uh, and and that is a whole can of worms that I'm not going to open up here. But it, like I said, it's certainly a topic that I think should be should be shown to kids like this. You know, Mr. Krabs didn't need to go off the rails with this jellyfish empire. I, I can't imagine there was, I mean, they had 4 million jellyfish. I, there was a, enough jelly to go around for everybody. It just sounds like, he was so into this new concept, he wanted to slam on the gas and not really take it at an easy pace. Um, but uh, in the end, he shut down the factory. All the jellyfish were, were rescued, as far as I know. The ones who were used in the barrels, uh, hopefully they, they made it through and, and no jellyfish walked away with any lasting damages. But um, I, I on the topic of jelly on a burger, I have not tried this concept but i but i think i'm willing to do so honestly in in thought just just thinking about hey would this work um i think it would make a great video on youtube so i i think as a jumping off point of this episode um i think it would be fair to, to have three different burgers and three different kinds of jelly just to see if if there's kind of a, a magical combination there where it, where it works uh the, I, I hey if you have tried jelly on a on a burger of some sort now it seemed spongebob's burger was just bun patty jelly bun and and that's the way i think is like that's the jelly patty right there um i feel like when you start adding like lettuce tomato that's because because really the one concern with this that you have to worry about you don't have to worry about the jelly not tasting well with the bun that's gonna be good the jelly and the meat how is that i mean i guess I guess people have like lamb with mint jelly, which by the way, I bought a can of mint jelly once just out of the site. I was just in a moment where I was like, that's really interesting. I'm going to buy that. And I made a peanut butter and mint jelly sandwich. Don't do that. Warning for you. Don't ever try that. Like, even if you really like mint, like I love mint. Don't ever do that. It, it's not good at all. And I'm not going to make a video about doing a peanut butter and mint jelly sandwich. I never again will taste that. But I, I'm willing to try to see 
if there can be something found here with jelly on a on a hamburger uh sound off let me know uh if if you have ever experienced that and how does it taste what are your thoughts uh but this is a this is just a, a nice episode from beginning to end even with the the negativity i think it can bring on to mr krabs he doesn't have too many dark moments like this and and usually his greed is done in a way that we kind of can laugh at it and and still understand that it is it is greedy um and that's why he's a beloved character so uh don't take anything i'm saying about him as like anti-capital get don't even start with any of that like i said i am all for one's personal success reach for whatever stars you want to reach for um, but but the second you have to step on somebody, uh, you know, to reach one of those stars, is it really worth reaching in the first place? I'm sure a lot of people reaching for that star at that point are like, yeah, buddy. I mean, I know what I'm doing. But and that, my friends, is Jellyfish Hunter. Uh, it's certainly a, a fun episode from season two. I don't think it's one that that really hits top 10 for me. There are some funny jokes and a lot of funny visual gags in this episode. Uh, certainly worth a watch. Uh, but I, I think it, it's one that really probably w- would land in the middle of the season for me. Now, we are coming up to the end of the season, so I, I do kind of have to start thinking about where these episodes are going to end up, because just like at the end of season one, I'm going to have not only uh, an audio, but a video episode ranking all of the season two episodes um, and, and kind of the same deal with season one, whatever episode lands at the bottom is still like in my top 50 top hundred episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. Like every episode here is pretty much gold, uh, but you know, Hey, there's some like this one that it's just probably in terms of the jokes didn't make me laugh as much of other episodes. And, you know, especially now just, going through and watching the uh, the jellyfish factory it's still it's like just as disturbing as when i was a, as a kid where i was like all right you have like especially the one jellyfish that's getting rolled over with a rolling pin like they have jellyfish getting tickled and the jelly coming out and then there's just this poor jellyfish getting just rolled barrel rolled over like so unfair it's so unnecessary i don't know like that that's the kind of stuff that probably holds me back <laughs> from liking uh the jokes in the episode a bit more, but I, I do love this episode. I have, I absolutely do. So uh, let me know what you think about this episode in the comments below. Thank you for listening to the Squarecast. If you are a fan of the work I create, I truly appreciate you. And if there is any way, shape, or form that goes beyond you listening to this episode that you feel helps me out in any way, I appreciate you. Thank you for being a part of the Ready Crew. That is this week for the SpongePod Squarecast. Thank you for listening. We will see you here next week with another episode. And stay safe out there, everybody. Amazing. I've got to tell someone about this. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod. 
You can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.